0: How do we persevere in faith, given what we see on the news each and every day? People in positions of power have a responsibility too. They are sworn to protect and serve, not expecting to get away with crimes too. If the rules apply to me, they also apply to you. Take the planks out of your eyes and be accountable for what you do. Nichols is heard saying during the encounter, I'm just trying to go home. In August of 1993, when I was nine years old, we were trying to go home when my grandmother was stopped and not allowed to enter our neighborhood. And so I titled this show today, Insufficient Funds, Riches of Freedom, Security of Justice, Bankrupt Hearts. So then I went back to the Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech. And I quote, this note was a promise that all men Yes, black men as well as white men would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood now is the time to make justice a reality for all of god's children thank you for tuning in to another episode of the confidence restored podcast presented by cc america also known as confidence centers of america and hosted by Tamaria jordan this is a show designed to help you build your confidence, increase your faith, and get mentally fit to overcome any trials and tribulations you may encounter. Through personal testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation, Tamaria and guests seek to inspire and uplift you. This message is delivered by us, CCing you on lessons learned in hopes of encouraging you regardless of where you are in life. Enjoy the show. So, I am feeling some kind of way today. And the reason I say that is because my heart is heavy. And ever since the news from this past weekend regarding Tyree Nichols, I have really been thinking about a lot of different things. And so if you aren't familiar with what happened on January 7th, Tyree Nichols, 29 years old, was pulled over due to a traffic stop and assaulted, resulting in his death three days later. On Friday, January 27th, the city of Memphis released four heart-wrenching videos. I personally chose not to watch them because just the mere thought of what occurred based on reading the news articles and seeing photos, that was enough for me to bring me to tears and feeling frustrated and concerned for where we are as a human race. Because all over the world, if you look at the news, there are reports of war, murder, injustice, and Things that would really make you wonder, how do we persevere in faith given what we see on the news each and every day? And so ironically, over the last couple of weeks, if you've been following the show or watching the YouTube channel, I've been sharing some scriptures that in and of itself, most people wouldn't think of it as feel good scriptures, but it really tells us about where we are as a human race and of the things that are to come but also how we can persevere in faith in spite of what we may be seeing on the surface. And so when I think about life, and I I mentioned the fact that my heart was grieved, I think back to when I was nine years old, and I remember surviving an F4 tornado and we wanted to just go home. And uh, you'll understand why this is important in a moment. But my grandmother uh, and my great-grandmother, we went to church's chicken to get food. And we were just getting dinner uh, because there was no power. Of course, as you can imagine, after surviving an F4 tornado, we were just happy to be alive. And so we went to get food for the family. Uh, Of course, there was no power or anything like that. And I remember us pulling up to the entrance of our neighborhood. We called it the new road. And I remember my grandmother explaining that we were just trying to get home. Subsequently, she was pulled over, um, asked to get out of her car, and the officer at the time, because she questioned why she was pulled over, ended up putting one handcuff on her arm because he was only able to get one arm because she essentially spoke up and she questioned, you know, why am I being pulled over? I'm just trying to get home, but it really showed how some people take their power. Um, They take power to mean that they are above the law, that they can mistreat individuals, that they can talk to them any type of way. And as a nine-year-old, I witnessed my grandmother standing her ground and essentially asking as a law-abiding citizen, why am I being stopped when you are letting people who who don't live in the neighborhood enter? Most of those people did not look like me. And... When I think about the fact that they did not look like me, I lived in a neighborhood that was predominantly African-American. Yet we were stopped and not allowed to go home. And this was in 1993. I remember it very vividly. And I remember my grandmother and the officers getting into an argument. There were at least three officers. There were two men and a woman. And one of the officers was Black as well. And he... uh, started yelling at my grandmother saying different things. And I thought to myself, if we were to fast forward to where we are now, how different would that outcome have been? And so I wrote a poem the other day in response to everything that's happening, and I called it power struggle. And I said, people in positions of power have a responsibility too. They are sworn to protect and serve, not expecting to get away with crimes too. If the rules apply to me, they also apply to you. Take the planks out of your eyes and be accountable for what you do. And so, that brings me back to how I started this podcast. I looked up a timeline uh, that NBC News published with regard to what occurred in the Tyree Nichols situation. And I just think of the numerous situations where you think to yourself that the situations that we see play out on the news, that could be anyone. It could be someone that we know. It could be a family friend. It could be, you know, whomever. And it also caused me to write another poem where I I said, hands up, don't shoot. Just imagine if it were me or you. Black and brown are not even down because they vilify their own too. If blue lives matter, Black ones do too. Don't tell us how to feel when you don't go through what we do. And to clarify, because there were some individuals who, um, were concerned about the fact that I said black and brown, I meant the fact that black people, individuals who identify as black and or are of a brown complexion, meaning their hue, um, may also vilify their own people too because of the history of the United States. And so when I mentioned that, essentially, I thought about the fact that this timeline at 8.24 p.m., they conducted a traffic stop to apprehend Nichols. And what's noted in this article is that the officer stated, get the F out of the effing car while pulling Nichols out of the vehicle. And he responds, I didn't do anything. Now, the officer has showed force from the time that they stopped, th- they stopped him, essentially. And in this article, it says that they stopped him for reckless driving. However, on Friday morning, um, based on the proof and the review of available camera footage, they found no proof of reckless driving. So essentially, he literally says, you guys are really doing a lot right now. Nichols is heard saying during the encounter, I'm just trying to go home. In August of 1993, when I was nine years old, we were trying to go home when my grandmother was stopped and not allowed to enter our neighborhood. At 8.25 p.m., Nichols is pepper sprayed and attempts to flee, a stun gun attempt. And 8.29, backup arrives. 8.32, officers re-apprehend Nichols. 8.34, he is kicked in the head and beaten with batons. 8.41, medics arrive at the scene but offer no aid. And we know what happened after that. He was hospitalized in critical condition and he died after three days. And so when we think about the poem I mentioned earlier about the power struggle, it made me think about the fact that just because someone is in a position of power, it does not give them to the right to disrespect and or treat other people as though they are not human beings, that they are a threat because they don't bow down and or respond like a pet. So when I think about where we are today, the Bible reminds us that these things are to come. And it also tells us how we can avoid allowing it to overtake us and still persevere in faith. But before I get there, you think about what you see on the news. You think about the fact that fast forward now, the war in Ukraine is still waging on. And there are individuals who someone made a decision to disrupt their lives and then make them the enemy because they don't didn't agree. And Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, he essentially called out the allies and he said, it's time for strong decisions. And this is based on an article in CNN. And he said, there's no time for continued reflections. We need to make decisions. The key issue is efficiency. So you'll understand why I'm saying this in a moment. So then I went back to the Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech. And the reason I went to that is last Thursday, I had the opportunity to attend a celebration uh, for Dr. King's Life and Legacy uh, offered by a, a local university. And the speaker, Dr. Yaba Blay, had a lot to say. And it was so profound because she talks about the experience as a woman of color, as a Black woman who identifies with regard to the experience that individuals go through, she essentially was saying that she was tired. And she said, can I say that? I am tired. Can I say that without individuals getting upset? Because that is her reality. That is her truth. She is known for her activist work, her public speaking Uh, But I thought it was interesting because she really focuses on the lived experiences of Black women and girls with a focus on identity, body politics, beauty practices, and more. But she also talks about the fact that if we don't think critically, if we don't take action, it's exactly what Vladimir Zelensky said. He said, there is no time for continued reflections. We need to make decisions. So that brings me to Dr. Martin Luther King. I have a dream speech. And so I titled this show today, Insufficient Funds, Riches of Freedom, Security of Justice, Bankrupt Hearts. So in his I have a dream speech, and I quote, in a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, Black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked in sufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt, We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. And so we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We we have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real, prom- real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. And so I started to think about scripture and the fact that we know that there are certain things that are to come because in Luke 21, it tells us that in the end times, there's. it's in Luke 21, starting in verse five, it's the destruction of the temple and signs of the end times. It says in verse eight, watch out that you are not deceived for many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all of this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison and you will be brought before kings and governors all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out, and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against the people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the son of man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree. And all the trees, when they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with caressing drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the son of man. And so a few weeks ago, what was heavy on my heart was, have you seen the news today? I think it's time we fast and pray. And so I recorded that podcast episode because it was heavy on my heart. And ironically, when I woke up, I didn't anticipate recording a podcast. I just was going to recite a short poem because if you've been following me for a while, you know that I like to rhyme from time to time because I used to write poetry when I was younger. And so I said that not realizing what would transpire in the weeks, in the days, and Trying to remain positive in the midst. And so when I think about that, um, from episode 81 until now, episode 86, there's a lot that I think about. And so tonight, I was led to read Leviticus. And I think about the fact that this young man died at the hands of people who wanted to show force, wanted to show power. There was nothing that he could have done differently. And there are people who will say, you should comply, you should do this, you should do that. But what would you do if that were you? Many of the same people who talk about what someone else would do, when they're in the situation, it's always different. I find that to be interesting, but I'm not surprised. It's that when it's us, we understand how that how it feels. We don't want that for us or our families, yet we try to make excuses to justify Poor behavior on behalf of others. Now, when you think about this particular case, the officers that attacked Tyree were Black, and there was swift justice. They were fired, swift justice within the month, and charges have been put forth. So if we can move as swiftly as we did in this situation, why can't we move as swiftly in other situations? So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because now I wonder how many people will say, you know, blue lives matter. And what did he do to deserve the treatment he received? Speaking from my own personal experience, I was nine years old. All we were trying to do was go home. My grandmother even told the officers she just wanted to feed her family because we had lost a lot that day. And she had her driver's license, which showed where she lived. But because of the power struggle, they did not care. Yet I'm sure someone would say, Comply, do what you should. But like I said, Regardless if you have your hands up, hands down, they don't want to have you speak, lest you be thrown to the ground. And my heart is heavy for Tyree and his kids and his family and his friends because there was nothing that he could do differently. And what's unfortunate is that people's hearts are bankrupt because they don't even care about others. And so it brought me to Leviticus. And I read Leviticus 5 tonight, and it says, if anyone sins because they do not speak up when they hear a public charge to testify regarding something they have seen or learned about, they will be held responsible. If anyone becomes aware that they are guilty, if they unwittingly touch anything, ceremonial unclean whether the carcass of an unclean animal wild or domestic or any unclean creature that moves along the ground and they are unaware that they have become unclean but then they come to realize their guilt or if they touch human uncleanliness anything that would make them unclean even though they are unaware of it but then they learn of it and realize their guilt or if anyone thoughtlessly takes an oath to do anything whether good or evil in any matter one might carelessly swear about, even though they are unaware of it, but then they learn of it and realize their guilt. When anyone becomes aware that they are guilty in any of these matters, they must confess in what way they have sinned. As a penalty for the sin they have committed, they must bring to the Lord a female lamb or goat from the flock as a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for them for their sin. So now fast forward to Hebrews 11. I thank God for Jesus because he now Makes atonement for our sins. He is the reason that we are able to move forward and not live in condemnation, but realizing that He alone died for our sins. He died for our sins. He sacrificed. He did not wait to do what He was called to do. He literally became sin for us so he didn't wait like earlier when i shared some of the examples he didn't wait he didn't say oh you know what let me let me look at what's going to happen and let me let me take my time to focus on justice so in hebrews 10 it says it is impossible starting in verse 4 it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offerings, you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool for about One sacrifice he has made perfect forever, those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds their sins and lawless acts. I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. But what's unfortunate about this is that people nowadays, they are bank, their hearts are bankrupt. They are corrupt because they don't know about this savior. And if they do know, they deny it. But whether we know or not that which is sin and we are guilty and we don't stand up for the truth, then who are we at our core? Who are we when we don't speak up for what is right, when we don't speak up for what is true, and we let people just continue to get away with what they do? And so when I think about life and I think about a call to persevere in faith, which is the rest of Hebrews 10, it can be a lot to keep on keeping on when we see what's happening every day. When we see what people are doing to other people, but in verse 26, it says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and the raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in great conflict full of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. God rest his soul. Tyree didn't shrink back. He spoke up, which resulted in his death because people in a position of power felt like they could silence him. They did not have just cause, but they did what they did regardless. But God says that he will essentially Get justice. He, we have security in the fact that what people think they get away with here on this earth, Jesus died for our sins. But if we don't repent, if we don't do what is right, whether we know it or not, if we don't repent, if we don't renounce those things, if we don't replace those things with the word of God and what he says, then we too will be in that judgment. And Another thing that I thought about is the fact that so many people judge everyone today. We cannot keep ignoring what is true. We cannot keep ignoring what we see. We can't keep ignoring what people do. In Leviticus, it reminds us if anyone sins because they do not speak up when they hear a public charge to testify regarding something they have seen or learned. They will be held responsible. We have a responsibility as believers to stand up for what is right, to stand up for what is true, to keep on praising God, to do what he's blessed us to do. We have a right to speak. We have a responsibility to tell the truth. Jesus told the truth and we and we saw what happened, but that was part of God's plan. Jesus was the second Adam. He fulfilled his plan. You want to know why? Because he did not throw away his confidence which is what I think about confidence restored. That's exactly what I mean. Don't throw away your confidence. God gave you a confidence for a reason. He knows who you are. We have to know who we are. And I heard a really powerful message this morning by Prophetess Tiffany Montgomery. And one thing that she said, and I wrote it down, she said, the devil knows who you are. Do you know who you are? And I was like, you know what? That's powerful. And I may have misquoted that, but essentially she was saying, The enemy knows who you are. The enemy knows who you can become. He wants to stop it by any means necessary and that he can't destroy. He will distract. And I will admit, I have been distracted at times because I let the worries and the cares of the world. But tonight when I sat down, I said, God, give me the words. And actually before I came on here, I cried because it is so much, but it reminds us in verse 36, Hebrews 10, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive that which he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Poor Tyree was crying out for his mother. But I pray that he is with his heavenly father now and that his family would be protected. That they would be restored. And that they would have peace that surpasses all understanding. And for this nation that is essentially, supposedly (laughs) enjoying the riches of freedom, the security of justice, yet we are bankrupt in our hearts. And it reminds us again in Hebrews 10, but my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We can have faith in the word, but God also has called us to tell the truth. So ignoring the problem, it's not going to fix it. Matter of fact, this morning I woke up in one of my business accounts, (laughs) insufficient funds, not because it's something I did, but somehow my account got hacked and someone had a good time on Amazon Prime and they made a whole lot of purchases But me ignoring the fact that my account was in the negative by several hundred dollars isn't going to change the fact that I have insufficient funds. So I made a phone call. I called. I told the truth. I provided the documentation I had, but I didn't ignore the problem. I didn't sit back and say, I wonder if the bank's going to fix it. I recognized I had insufficient funds. I had to do something about it. In order for me to secure what was mine, I had to take a stand. I had to say something. I had to speak up. And as President Vladimir Zelensky said, there's no time for continued reflections. We need to make decisions. So today I ask you, what decision are you going to make? Because we are all responsible for our actions and even unintentionally, we may be responsible for the actions of others. And we have the opportunity to break generational curses. We have the opportunity to renounce the things that are over our bloodline. Even decisions we've made that we have created another curse that will go on for four or five generations. We have an opportunity today to speak truth and speak truth to power, but also to break the curses that the enemy wants to send on us and our families. So I encourage you today to ask the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart, especially when your heart feels heavy and you feel grieved because he wants us to be distracted. He wants us to be downtrodden. He wants us to be depressed, but we will stand. We will not give up. And as Dr. King said, now is the time to make justice a reality for all God's children, regardless of your complexion. Black and brown people didn't choose to be discriminated against. It was someone in a position of power who felt that they were better than. They made that decision and then they made a decision and then they said, wait a minute, why don't you follow my rules? Well, I wasn't part of your decision. You made a decision to discriminate against me, but now you want to tell me how to respond to the discrimination. That's not how life works. People want to have power over other people as though we are cattle. As though we are something to be owned and to be used and to be mistreated and to be disrespected and not to stand up in the face of injustice and to say. What we feel or to speak the truth. But when you speak the truth, don't let anyone silence you. So. God, I just come to you now just lifting up your children, lifting up your people, because we need you now more than ever. When we look at the news, there's wars and rumors of wars. There's murders and injustice and jealousy and hate and envy and strife. And God, we don't need that in our lives. But we know that you have given us freedom in you. And no matter what other people try to do, we know that we can trust you. And I pray, Lord God, for whoever it is right now that's going through a tough time, I pray that you would give them the guidance that they need to stand, to stand in the midst of adversity, knowing that you are the same God that you were yesterday and the day before. And the fact that you tell us to not throw away our confidence because In doing so, it will be richly rewarded if we persevere in faith so that when we do the will of God, we will receive what has been promised. God, we repent for our sins, for any thoughts, for any deeds, for things that have been done in our bloodline that we may not even be aware of. We pray that you would guide us and give us your Holy Spirit and help us to see our wrongs, but help us to also speak truth in power, trusting that like in your word you said, You will give us the words to say, that we don't have to worry about what we will say because you will tell us. We don't have to be afraid once we know the knowledge of truth. We can trust in you that you will let us draw near to you, that you will give us the strength, that you will give us the faith to enter into the holy place. By the blood of Jesus. He has made atonement for our sins. So we don't have to live in condemnation. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live with doubt because you are restoring our confidence in you. You said that if we believe that we are, that we believe in your son, that we can be saved. We are saved by grace, not by works. And for someone today that's living in condemnation, thinking that there is no way that you can turn your life around, you can. Because there's nothing that you can do to make God love you. He loves you regardless. And for the families and friends of those grieving right now, who are grieving the death of anyone in their family, regardless of how the situation occurred, for anyone that is dealing with the the acts of violence and the recovery of that, losing a loved one, losing a friend, watching the news and just continuing to be subjected to these images where it reminds us that it is time to watch and pray because we knew that there would be this day. We knew that calamity would come, but we can trust God that he will keep us. So we pray, Lord God, that your children would be on watch, that they may pray and that we would be able to escape all that is about to happen and that One day we can stand before the son of man. God, we give you praise, glory and honor for today and every day. And in Jesus mighty name, we pray. Amen. And on that note, I appreciate you all for tuning in week after week. I pray that you and your families would be blessed. I pray that you would not throw away your confidence so that when you have persevered, you will be able to keep going. So keep on keeping on and be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to another live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. We are grateful that you tune in week after week and join us for testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. Please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe and let others know that you are listening to the Confidence Restored podcast. You can also now buy us a coffee to show appreciation at buymeacoffee.com forward slash ccamerica. Until next time, be blessed.